Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace... For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. I'm sorry, I lost my place. He that exhorteth, let it on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which bless you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You may be seated. The message that I would like to hear some others on, there's some more on. I'm certain I don't have all the answers, 
But we will, from God's word this morning, look at the will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 here are the verses I'm going to zero in on. These are verses that I'm certain that we know. By memory, I'm sure we could close our Bibles and we can say these verses. But how much do we know them by life? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If I should ask the question this morning, what then is the will of God? What is the will of God for your life? What is the will of God for the church here or for your family? What is the will of God for the nation? Just what is the will of God this morning is the question. I think there is an aim here in these two verses. I think one of it is, or I think the aim here is that all of life would become a spiritual blessing. The aim of all human life in God's eye is that Christ could be made to look as valuable as he is. I was extremely blessed by the devotions this morning because we have been, been given this morning a glimpse of God. He is. And the brother this morning took us through a series of who God is or who Christ is. And then I had to think of Romans chapter 1, I think it's verse 21 there, that says that because when they knew him, they glorified him not as God. They became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. It seemed to me as if it would almost be better had we not known who God is, than not to glorify him as God, as he is. And for you and I this morning, brethren, I must tell you that we have a tremendous responsibility because of the knowledge that we have. Then our lives must depict, our lives must demonstrate who God is because our knowledge 
could turn around and destroy us. If we don't glorify God, the God that was brought out here this morning, the God that Romans 1 and 2 here is telling us that we must live a life that others see the closest of who God is or who Christ is. <clears throat> a life of worship that lifts God up using our minds, our hearts, our bodies to express the worth of God and all he is through Jesus Christ. How all he is for us in Christ Jesus. Using our minds and our bodies to show to the world who God is. Some of them have said one of the easiest things to do is to think. And one of the hardest things to do is to think right. But if there is ever a time that we must think as right as possible, it's when we think about God. Because we will serve him for who we see him as. We will lift him up according to the picture that we create in our minds of him. So it's very important that when we think of God, we think right, as close to right as possible. <clears throat> there is a way to live, a way to love, that does that, just that, lifting Christ up. There is a way to do our jobs that will express the true value of who God is. And if we cannot find that, if we cannot do that in the life that we live, in the jobs that we do, then it is seriously time for us to reconsider. Because if we are not lifting Christ up, then by all means, we are falling short and very short. Paul has the answer for this right here in verse 2. Paul said, or the answer as to how that we turn all our lives into worship, Paul said, be not confirmed to this world, but be ye transformed. There is a do and there is a do not. There is a be and there is a be not. Be not confirmed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We must be transformed. Not just external, but by the way we feel, by the way we think, in a very inner being, 
in our hearts, in our minds, in our very minds. Be not confirmed to this world. We cannot glorify God. We cannot worship God by being confirmed to this world. Let me say it this way then. We must become who, who we are. That may not make, make much sense to you, but let me explain. Those who believe in Christ Jesus are already blood-bought new creatures in Christ. We believe. We say, Lord, we believe. So we are new creatures in Christ. All things the Bible says are passed away. All things have become new. If any man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creation. So now I encourage us to become that, just that. Yes, we believe. Now let's become this new creature that God intends for us. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, I think, that we are supposed to take out, cleanse out, that all leaven that we may be a new lump. Now let's go to the will of God. You must be wondering when I'll get there. The will of God. <clears throat> In my studies, I had to conclude that there are two wills of God. Hold your seat, I'll explain. Two wills. Two clear and very different meaning to the term will of God in the Bible. And we need to know them. And I want us to, at the end of this message here, determine which will it speaks about here in Romans 12 and verse 2, that he may know, or that we may be able to, uh, what it says there, that we may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We'll see if we could come up with an answer to that. Knowing the difference between the two will of God is crucial in understanding one of the biggest and to me, most complex things in the Bible. Very crucial, very important for us in understanding one of the biggest and most complex things, complex thing in the Bible. Namely, that God is sovereign over all things. and yet disapprove of many things. God is sovereign over all things. God is God. God controls. There is nothing, literally nothing, that can happen 
outside of God's sovereignty. There is nothing that can happen if God says no. And this is what makes it so complex to me. Because of God being sovereign, and yet, there are so many things happening that we know God disapproves. If God is sovereign, then we ask, then why do we have so many killings and murders and robberies and you name it. I mean, everything that is bad out there. God is sovereign. Which simple means then that God disapproves of some of the things that he ordains to happen. I pray I don't confuse you here. But God is sovereign, yet there are things happening that God disapproves. Which means that God disapproves of some of the things that he ordains to happen. He forbids some of the things that he brings about. And he commands some of the things that he hinders. But God is sovereign. In other words, God wills some events in one sense that he does not will in other sense, in another sense. So we look at this morning, God's will of decree, or what I will call God's sovereign will. That's will number one. God is in control of all, of all that comes to pass. I am certain you are with me in, on that one. I'm certain that we will all say here this morning that God is in control of all things. Amen? Not afraid to say amen if you want to. Jesus himself prayed in Matthew 26 in the garden there. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as the will. The will of God in this very, uh, sorry, the will of God in this verse reflects the sovereign plan of God that will happen in just a few hours to come. We're not going to take time to look at all the sufferings and you know, that led up to the crucifixion of Christ. But we know for a fact that God had a will there. We know for a fact that Christ came to earth and he came to earth to die. And we are not, we are not going to question 
Whether or not that was God's will, we know that was God's will. But, le but yet, everything leading up to that, everything leading up to the crucifixion, Matthew chapter 26. Everything leading up to the crucifixion, we have to see, was sin, 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 and more sin. But God had a will, a plan, a sovereign will that could not have been altered by man. It was the will of God that Christ dies. The mob. Crucify him, crucify him. He is guilty. He must die. Judas, one of his very own, betrayed him. The chief priests, the elders, the council, they were all wrong, very, very much wrong, we know. Did God allow it? Was that in the will of God? The gathering together of the people against Jesus. The gathering together of the people against you, against Jesus, to do the will of God. This is why I say it's very complex. Very complex. But that is that was God's sovereign will cannot be altered by man. The will of God was that Jesus should die. And don't miss this critical point, is that everything includes sins of man. Pilate, Herod, the soldiers, the Jewish leaders, they all sin. The will of God. Let's read one verse in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and verse 10. It says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Better to suffer for doing good, if it be the will of God, 
than for doing evil in 1 Peter 3, I think, verse 17. In other words, it may be God's will that Christians suffer for doing good. I'm sure he was thinking of persecution. But persecution of Christians who do not deserve it is sin. So again, we see that God sometimes will that event come about that includes sin. Paul gave a sweeping summary of this statement of this, uh, of this truth when he said he works all things according to the counsel of his will in Ephesians 1 and verse 11. All things according to the counsel of his will. Not man's counsel. A man's idea. His counsel of his will. Very complex. Other related verses, Matthew 10, 29. Proverbs 16, 33. Proverbs 16, 1. Proverbs 21, Verse 1. So in conclusion here of this sovereign will of God discussion, the first meaning of the will of God is that God is sovereign. He controls all things. We call this his will of decree, his sovereign will. It cannot be broken. It always come to pass. Thy will be done in heaven and in earth. Makes no mention of you and I in there. If God designed or decides that there should be an earthquake, where there should be an, the twisters that you have around here from sometimes, tornado. There is nothing you and I can do. There is nothing anybody can do to change that. That's God's sovereign will. <clears throat> he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And none can say to him, what have you done? Deuteronomy 4, verse 35. None can say to him, why have you, or what have you? He needs no counsel where his sovereign will is concerned. You wake up in the morning and the sun comes up. We cannot change that. We cannot. Let's look at the second point here this morning. <clears throat> God's will of command. The will of command.
what he commands us to do. This will, oftentimes, is being broken. We live in disobedience from time to time. The world in general live as if though there is no God. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But have all men come to repentance? No. So this will is subject somewhat or is conditional somewhat or based on whether or not we obeyed. That's the will of God that can be broken. That's the will of God that we so often find ourselves living in disobedience to God's will. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that say, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, the Bible tells us. So there is a will that we can do or not do. And that is still God's will. That is God's will. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 3. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that ye abstain from fornication. How many immoral? What's the rate of immortality in the world today? But this is the will of God that we abstain, but people choose not to obey. And that is still the will of God. The will of command, but oh, so many do not obey. Let's look at one that we sometimes find ourselves in. The will of God. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Yet we find ourselves as Christians not being thankful, complaining and murmuring, not being satisfied. And the Bible says, in everything give thanks. We or we disobey. We as Christians disobey. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So there is a will of God that we can disobey. I'm not saying it's right. Don't get me wrong, please. But we do, from time to time, find ourselves outside of the will of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, or this world will pass away, the Bible tells us. Well, in 1 John 2, 
15, 16, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Bible tells us these things pass it away in the world and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We must find ourselves with a willingness to do the will of God. For there are those who will not do the will of God. So we have to conclude on the two wills. The will of decree cannot be altered by man, and the will of command can be disobeyed. So which of these was Romans 12 referring to? Be not and be not confirmed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> the words leading up to the, up to the term there, will of God, tells me what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. I believe as a Christian, every one of us, as we find ourselves exposed to who God is, and we live our life in praise and worship and adoration to God, we'll find out what the will of God is for our life. I believe it's referring to the sovereign will of God here. And I'm certain that it is not God's will that we know everything about his sovereign will right off. I believe that God Reveal himself to us the more and more as we draw near to him. But I believe this morning, brethren, that the Bible says the secret thing belongs to God. And God cannot let us know. But we cannot know. Just exactly you know, in the entirety, the sovereign will of God. But I do believe that as we give heed to the commands of God or to the will of command, that the sovereign will of God becomes clearer, clearer to us as time goes on. I am glad that God have not revealed to me everything I will go through in my entire life here on earth. 
But I'm glad that I know that God's will for me is that ultimately I be like him. And that he has made all things possible. He has given unto me all things that pertain to life and godliness. And that as I give heed to his will of command, I can look forward to the fact that all men within God's will could be saved. But I challenge you this morning, brethren, that yes, the secret things belong to God, but God's will of command is for us to follow. And as we follow God's will of command, we'll find purpose in our life as Christians, as God's people. So I can't tell you what is God. Decree, what is God's sovereign will? We might have to go through the fire and through the water. We might have to experience some of the, the things that we wish we wouldn't have to. But let me say it this way God will be done. God's sovereign will be done because it does not depend on you or myself. God's will is God's will. What does depend on us is that we follow God's will of command. Let's kneel in prayer. Our gracious God and Father, we come to you again this morning. We give you thanks. We give you praise that you are God. You are sovereign. We cannot understand everything about you, and the secret things belong to God. But we thank you, dear God, this morning that you have given us the will that we need to know to keep us in touch with you. And we have failed often, dear God, in your will of command. Forgive us, we pray. Give us a heart to follow you. May your will be done in us now. Bless God and keep each one. Help us to continue, dear God, to live a life that will bring glory to you. We pray through Christ. Amen. <clears throat>